0: Preet Bharara was the most well-known U.S. attorney in the country, often referred to as the Sheriff of Wall Street. His aggressive prosecution of insider trading and Wall Street corruption gained him fame, and his war on political corruption kept him there, along with successful prosecutions of banks, terrorists, armed dealers, and more. Bharara clearly enjoyed being in the media spotlight, and his press conferences announcing major prosecutions always featured at least one memorable soundbite.
1: As the defendants in this case have now learned the hard way, they may have been privy to a lot of confidential information, but there was one secret they did not know, and that is that we were listening. The bids were rigged, and the results were preordained. Companies got rich, and the public got bamboozled. They will not be riding out uh, into the sunset to live in luxury off the spoils of their fraudulent scheme.
0: During the transition, President Trump asked Barrara to stay on as U.S. Attorney in a meeting at Trump Tower. So it came as a surprise when Attorney General Jeff Sessions on Friday abruptly asked for the resignations of 46 U.S. Attorneys appointed by President Obama, and Barrara was included among them. But Barrara refused to resign and then tweeted from a personal account on Saturday that he'd been fired. The abrupt change by Trump and new facts caused a controversy that is nowhere near over. Our guests are both former federal prosecutors, Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter and English, and Carrie Cohen, a partner at Morrison Forrester. Bob, there is a distinction, though it may seem trivial, between resigning at the president's request and forcing the president to fire you. Explain what the difference is.
2: Uh, Sure, June. Um, Basically, all the U.S. attorneys around the country serve at the pleasure of the president, and it's typical... For there to be a change in office when there is a change in administration. So what has happened in the past is that when a new president comes in, um, particularly from a different political party, that the existing U.S. attorneys are expected to at some point submit their resignations so that the new president can make uh, whatever appointments he or she feels is appropriate. Uh, There have been some instances where People in the Department of Justice have refused to submit their resignations when requested, and that forces the Department of Justice to, to fire them. That has generally happened not when they are trying to hold on to their jobs or just uh, fighting with the fact that it's time for them to leave, but really a situation where they are trying to make a statement of uh, on, on principle, where they believe they're being asked to do something that they cannot do for legal or principled reasons, and although they know the result will be the same, that they will lose their job, they believe, this is now speaking broadly, but in most instances, the individuals believe that if they resign, they are somehow complicit in enforcing some type of policy that that they disagree with, so they force the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, to fire them rather than submit their resignation willingly.
1: Carrie, this situation's a little bit unusual in that it was widely publicized that President Trump had asked Preet Bharara to stay on, and now you have the Justice Department asking him to resign, him refusing to do so. Is the president's change of mi- apparent change of mind here a good enough reason for somebody like Bharara to say, I just refuse to submit my resignation?
3: I think this is a unique circumstance where Preet was specifically asked by this president if he would stay on, was asked to tell the media at Trump Tower that he was asked to stay on. And then, you know, abrupt change, of course, a few months later, which gives, I think, the public a sense what would change your mind in the intervening months and is worrisome to the public because, of course, politics should not play any role in the Justice Department and in choosing U.S. attorneys. There is also the
0: point being made that t- Trump placed a call to Barrara on Thursday, which Barrara refused to take because of ethical guidelines prohibiting the president from speaking directly to the U.S. attorneys. Finally, the president did not respond as to what that call was about when asked by the press. And finally, on Sunday, a spokesman for the president said Trump just wanted to thank him and wish him luck. But Barrara has indicated in a statement to The New York Times that he was skeptical of that. We're going to be discussing that coming up on Bloomberg Law. Long- what impact that call had and what new suspicions it may have led to. Some members of Congress have been speculating about the reason Trump decided to fire Brower. We'll hear what the ranking minority member on the Oversight and Government Reform Committee had to say, uh, why he thought that the by Pizarra was let go by the Trump administration because he was in a position to potentially investigate President Donald Trump, and Barrera's dismissal also led to uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter a lot of tweets from uh, one of the senators. And she said that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren tweeted that it was about Preet having authority over Trump Tower. There are all kinds of questions being raised about the firing of former Manhattan U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara by President Trump on Saturday. A letter from several watchdog organizations sent to Bharara on Wednesday requested the U.S. attorney look into whether Trump had violated the Constitution's emoluments clause by benefiting from foreign business deals. The Trump Organization has its main office's in in New York City giving Barrara jurisdiction. Congressman Elijah Cummings told ABC there could be a connection to the firing of Barrara.
3: No doubt about it. When they asked about the Monuments uh, uh, Clause and possible violations of it and, and uh, the U.S. Attorney's relationship to that, I think that had perhaps something to do with it.
0: He wasn't alone. Senator Elizabeth Warren tweeted at Donald Trump's personal Twitter account, Preet Barrara had authority over Trump Tower, and you can't fire the rule of law. You can't shut down ongoing investigations by career prosecutors. We've been talking to two former federal prosecutors, Robert Mintz of McCarter and English and Carrie Cohen of Morrison Forrester. Bob, what's your opinion of the of the reaction that this was about possible investigations. And Barrar himself said something in a tweet about, I know what what the Moreland Commission must have felt like.
2: Well, I, I, June, I think at this point uh, we don't really know the reason for Mr. Barrar's refusal to submit his resignation. And it, it's really pure speculation to suggest that this has anything to do with trying to influence or interfere with any ongoing investigation. I think further that generally what happens is once the U.S. attorney steps down on an interim basis, the second-in-command, who is somebody who is intimately, he or she is intimately involved in running the office, uh, is generally a career prosecutor themselves, takes over running the investigation. And the and the line prosecutors who are on the ground who are really running the day-to-day operations of these investigations will go on. So I think it's a misperception out uh, in, in the public that the removal of the U.S. attorney could in any way, influence or is likely to influence these investigations. In my experience, these are career people who run them, who make the day-to-day decisions. The final call does go to the U.S. attorney, but in this case, it's generally somebody who is also very experienced and likely a career prosecutor who is stepping in on an interim basis.
1: Carrie, one of the... Odd things about this was how quickly it seems to have happened. I mean, it's been reported that the Attorney general met with all the u s. attorneys last week, wished them happy hunting shortly but not too long before all of they were all asked to resign. and that uh, after that, um, President Trump apparently tried to call. Preet Bharara, um, Mr. Bharara didn't take the phone call because of uh, he talked to main justice and was told that it would violate ethical guidelines, as he suspected, for him to talk directly to the president. And he didn't take the call. And the White House is now saying that President Trump was simply calling to offer his congratulations on uh, on good work done and and wish him well. What what is it that we should take from all with this sort of very quick timeline, and then the president trying to call Preet Bharara before this all happens?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure uh, we should take much from any of that at all in terms of drawing conclusions. It would all be speculation. But to add on to something we just talked about on the show, which is especially true in the Southern District of New York, where the career prosecutors follow the facts wherever they lead, that is the strong tradition and history of that office. So I wouldn't expect Sort of going forward, anything to change with respect to how they conduct themselves in their ongoing investigations or in you know their ongoing cases where they're in court, on trial, or you know, just appearing in court. That will continue. The acting U.S. attorney is June Kim. He was Preet's deputy. He's been in the office a very long time. I expect him to continue exactly the same path as Preet. So I think sort of for the foreseeable future, you're not going to see any change. And in addition, that office has a very strong tradition of presidents appointing someone to serve as US attorney who has served previously in the in that office either as a line assistant or as a supervisor so you know going forward it's very important to look at who, if that tradition continues i would expect the southern district of new york to continue in its very long tradition of following the facts without fear or favor wherever those facts will lead
0: bob Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren and Patrick Leahy both indicated that because of the way this firing was done and came out of nowhere, though no one questions that the president has the authority to do it and other presidents have done it because it came the way it did, that they're going to be a lot tougher mm-hmm. on the U.S. attorneys in questioning them when they come up for a confirmation. Is that likely to cause problems?
2: No, I don't think so at all. I think that's exactly their role. Um, the U.S. attorney uh, appointees are, are nominated um, by the president, but they have to be confirmed by the Senate. And I think the uh, senators are entitled to ask whatever questions that he or she feels are appropriate to ensure that there is the degree of independence that has traditionally been the earmark of all the U.S. attorney's offices around the country. Um, the practice that uh of removing US attorneys um uh, has Typically, uh, been done uh, uh, over time, but in ins- other instances, for example, in 1993, when uh, President Clinton came in, Janet Reno did ask for the immediate resignations of all the sitting U.S. attorneys in that instance as well. So it's happened both ways, and I think the important thing is that the independence of the U.S. attorney and the Department of Justice be maintained. And I'm uh, sure that the uh, appointments will be quality appointments, and that the Senate will uh, use their uh, discretion and exercise their authority in questioning the appointments. Well- have to leave
0: it at that. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Robert Mintz, a partner with Carter in English, and Carrie Cohen, a partner with Morrison Forrester. Coming up on Bloomberg, the Trump administration is trying to stop the groundbreaking lawsuit brought by 21 children against the federal government over climate change. This is Bloomberg.